Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Ryan Clark will join me in a minute on the Shell Pennzoil performance line on a day with a ton of news, including Ryan's son, Arizona State player. That's a really poorly phrased sentence. Ryan has a son who plays at Arizona State. Arizona State's game tomorrow against Cal has been postponed because Herman Edwards has tested positive for the coronavirus. I exchanged texts with Herman in the last half hour. He sounds good. Um, I don't have any reason to believe that that he will not be just fine. Herman is an extremely healthy 66 years old, but it's a little jarring when you hear someone who is your friend, particularly someone who is is that age, um, has tested positive. So, of course, our, our wishes are all with Herman and his family. Now, a very quick check on the Masters leaderboard, and I can tell you that right now the lead is shared by Sungjae Im and Dustin Johnson, both at eight under par. Last time I updated this for you, Justin Thomas also had a share of that lead. He then double bogeyed number one, which was his 10th hole of the day. They started on the back nine. So he's currently in a group at six under par, two shots off the lead. Answer and Casey are both at seven under par. Casey posted that 65 early yesterday and will not get back on the course now for about an hour. Tiger Woods sitting at four under after his round yesterday. He tees off 2.30 Eastern time today. If you need me anytime after we wrap up this show today, you're just out of luck because I am going to be planted on my couch watching golf for the rest of the day. But for the next hour, we are together talking sports, and I want to bring my buddy Ryan Clark in uh, on that note, Ryan, uh, before we get to all the NFL stuff, um, again, the news today about Arizona State, and, and you may have heard me just mention I exchanged texts with Herman, and he sounds in good spirits, um, which is good news. But, of course, it is a big deal. Herman Edwards testing positive, a head coach at Arizona State, and your son's team having its game tomorrow canceled. I, I just wonder if you've heard anything further. Yeah, I talked to you know I talked to Jordan, and you know, at the time they were in Zoom meeting, and, you know, we had been talking throughout the week. I knew practice was canceled yesterday, and then I got some news that the game was canceled, so I reached out to him. And, and what he basically said, he was just, you know, in 19-year-old words was, man, I'm scared. You know, he's like, I'm sad. Uh, obviously, if you've ever been around Herm like we have, you know, it's impossible to not love him. And that's the way that those kids on his team feel about him as well. And so, you know, obviously they're more worried about their coach uh, than anything they're not concerned necessarily about the game right now and so all the focus there is on her getting healthy and then they'll move on to football you know once it's time for that right exactly right and again I he he sounded good in a text nothing we didn't get into any detail but it's one of those where you send the text and you immediately see the little dots so he's obviously sitting there with his phone <laughs> right, right. and you know you know Herman I told the story uh, Ryan all the years that Herman would would host Mike and Mike with me because he worked for those who don't know he worked at ESPN for about 10 years before he went back to coaching decade, yeah um, and, and Herman would host with me all the time and he um, when he would come in you know we would meet at whatever it was 5 15 5 20 in the morning to do that show he would already have gotten up gone to the gym done a full workout gone back to the room showered and come in to do the show and he does that seven days a week so there is no healthier person in the world of any age than herman edwards no absolutely not and he's still the same way i think it's very much like you said before you brought me on though whenever you hear of one of your friends or somebody you care about especially of that age, you know, you begin to worry. But you're absolutely right, man. He's probably 
if all three of us were on a call right now, he'd be the healthiest person on the oh. call for sure. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know, and so but 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 still, I think it. You know, I heard Heather talking this morning, and and Paul, and this has always to me been the concern about college. You know, it's not the NFL, it's not the exact same protocols or the parameters that you can live in with being an adult, being on college campuses, there being other students, obviously other things to do, other things to be around. And, you know, coaches have to be a concern as well. I think one of the higher concerns, like you said, you know, games will be missed, games will be postponed. They'll have to figure that out, but it's more so about the people. All right, Greeny with you and RC with me. We're presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at progressivecommercial.com. So, R.C., I loved the fundamentalist that we did on Get Up today. And again, for those just joining us, I just ran through it. But you put together the top five quarterbacks under the age of 25, which, again, was an age we chose specifically because it eliminates Patrick Mahomes, who just skews everything because he's everybody's number one. It also eliminates Deshaun Watson, for the record. So your list was Josh Allen at five, Joe Burrow at four, Lamar Jackson at three, Justin Herbert at two, Kyler Murray at one. So much there to react to. The first, and I didn't get a chance to ask you this on the air, is does that mean that if you were going back to the draft again, you would take Herbert ahead of Burrow? Yes, I would. I would. Wow. And, and it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not very far ahead. I look at his physical tools, Greeny, and it was a lot of things that I would always talk about when he was coming out. I was like, he's, he's this tall, he's this fast, he has this strong arm. And we never really got to see those things turn into superstar in college the way we saw Joe Burrow be, be a star or star at LSU. But you're seeing it on this level. You're seeing this dude make every throw. We're watching him roll, half roll to his right, go back across the field to the corner of the end zone, 45 yards down the field. We're watching him have zone reads and run over linebackers. We're watching him make make time in the pocket against the Denver Broncos, scramble outside the pocket in the red zone and hit open wide receiver. I think his ceiling, and this is going to sound probably stupid to a lot of people, in the last decade of all these quarterbacks we've seen, his physical ceiling, to me, is only behind Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. And that's in what he can do with his legs, what he can create inside the pocket, and then what he can do throwing the football, whether it's velocity, uh, distance, accuracy. I've just truly been impressed. And I think what's more to me, the, the thing that makes me feel this way about him, is I didn't like it. And I, didn't, I don't know him as a person, but I didn't think he was good. I, you know, I said that he would be drafted too high. When you guys asked me, you know, what guy is going to go too high, I was like Justin Herbert because I watched him in person. I watched him be outplayed by an 18-year-old, but I said to myself, a dude with all these physical tools that I see that can't perform, something has to be broken. Something has to be wrong with him. Well, we're seeing, we're seeing all those physical tools on display plus an amount of leadership that has allowed this offense to flourish and if I was drafting right now, I would take Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow because of some of the things that he has that Joe Burrow just can never get because they're physical. Yeah, credit to Mike Tannenbaum, who was the one guy leading up to the draft amongst you know all of you guys who do get up with me all the time. He was the one guy on the, the Herbert bandwagon who kept saying Herbert should be the first of these guys taken, and no one else thought so, and obviously he was the third one taken, and so far he's been great. Uh, Greeny and RC. The other one I wanted to ask you about um, is if you were to put, whether this was for you or maybe I'm more asking you what you think would happen, if, if, if every team in the league could choose amongst all these guys and Trevor Lawrence was an option, 
Would he go ahead of all of them? Would, would you start a team with Trevor Lawrence before any of these guys, even the ones we've gotten to see, you know, put together a, a reasonable body of work in the NFL? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, I, you know, I, I think you could probably try to convince yourself. And this is no, you know, because I know people get crazy because Lamar's already won a, a championship, I mean, already won an MVP, and they mm-hmm. feel like you can't say bad things about him. I think he's probably, you'll look at him as a better pure passer and also a very good athlete. And so you might say people would take him before Lamar or even a guy like Josh Allen who's had some accuracy issues down the field and is not necessarily seen as this traditional quarterback. But we watched Trevor Lawrence. I watched it from the field. I watched Trevor Lawrence stand across from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was a better player than Trevor Lawrence. You know, I see Justin Herbert, and you tell me, and looking at Justin Herbert, what things are there that Trevor Lawrence does better than him what have we seen him do, Trevor Lawrence, do better than Justin Herbert? That Justin Herbert's done in the NFL, right? Make all the throws, Justin Herbert can do that. Uh, is he as tall? Justin Herbert is. Is he as long? Is he as athletic? Is he as fast? All those things Justin Herbert has. So I don't know why you would pick him over there. And I just think Kyler Murray, I just think we are fighting ourselves because Kyler Murray is 5'10". We are fighting it because you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe that it could work. You want to believe that there has to be some deficiency there or some negative to being that height. But the ball comes out of his hand. It's top five to me. He's as fast as Lamar Jackson. We just don't talk about it as much because that's not truly what his team focuses on when it's about diagramming and scheming plays for him. But the dude is special. So I think Justin Herbert could, I mean, Trevor Lawrence would be in the conversation. But I've said this over and over again on the show, Greeny, and I will continue to say it. The space between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields isn't as deep or as wide as people try to make it be. And when I feel that way, it's hard for me to say that Trevor Lawrence is the next coming of John Elway. I agree with you. I I actually have agreed with that for a while now, and I take nothing away from Lawrence. So I believe we'll be the first pick, and he's probably going to wind up a Jet, and I'm going to root for him like crazy. But (laughs) but I watched him play against Ohio State last year, and I didn't think he was the best quarterback on the field. And then I watched him play against LSU, and I didn't think he was the best quarterback on the field. And the reality is that when they play in the ACC, and they didn't even play Notre Dame last year, you know, they're not playing the same caliber of competition that Burrow is playing against in the SEC, certainly. So I still think there are some questions about Lawrence. Now, everybody loves him, and that's great. I mean, Mel and, and McShay and all these guys, their whole life is wrapped around doing these evaluations, and they have fallen yes. in love with him completely, and that's fine. I respect their opinion. They know way more about it than I do. But I certainly have some of the same questions that you do, and we'll just wait and see where it winds up going. And I, I think that Fields has a chance to be a really good player, too. Okay, RC with me here. Let me, let me go through three more things with you quickly. It's, it's one thing, but there's three elements. Uh, I, I, listed, I listed the three people who I think are under the most pressure this weekend. And I'll, I'll give you each of them, and then you give me a, a quick thought if you would. Number three is Cam okay. Newton. And I say Cam mm-hmm. because... I feel like one more loss in New England season is over. Like, I think you and I figure they're finished, yeah. but I, they can't think that. But one more, and realistically, they know that. And if he doesn't play well, I think we reasonably are probably seeing the end of his career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think there's enormous pressure on him beginning this week and through the rest of the season. What do you think and what do you expect? No, I 100% believe that. I believe that Cam Newton is playing for his quarterback future. Um, I also believe I kind of believe the Patriots are already out of it, but numerically, and you know they're still kind of in the conversation. But I believe that that ends this week. 
when you look at who they're facing, the, the opportunistic nature of the Baltimore Ravens defense, how good that secondary is, especially up front with the three corners, and how deficient they are in New England at the skill positions, I don't think this is an opportunity that Cam Newton can play well. They're going to pressure him. They're going to force him to throw footballs in the tight man-to-man coverage. And I think everything about this matchup leans to the Baltimore Ravens being able to dominate defensively against Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. And so if you feel like exactly how I feel, this is important for his career, this is important for the New England Patriots playoff contention, then we both know that both of those things take a significant hit this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Right. That's my expectation as well. Number two, I, I said Bruce Arians um, because I think that we are, we are seeing a divide there. Like, I, I think it's pretty evident to me, and, and look, you for, have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know, but it's pretty evident to me that if you want to play offense the way Bruce Arians wants to play offense, you don't sign a 43-year-old quarterback to do it, especially one who has made himself a legend by getting the ball out quickly and, and, and carving you up. And I think, um, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts is the phrase that Bart Scott used on the show this morning. And, and so I, I, I think that we're still seeing a little bit of that head-to-head. And if, if, if Brady is going to be the quarterback, I think it's Arians who is going to have to adjust what he's doing. And so far, he doesn't seem totally willing to do it. What are you seeing there, and what do you expect to happen? No, I agree with that. I agree that Bruce is in... I had this argument with Max on first take. He said that all this pressure was on Tom Brady. I don't believe it is. I believe the pressure is on Bruce Arians because Tom Brady's legacy is set. We know what Tom Brady is. Even you, from the outside looking in, understand what Tom Brady is good at. And when you go out and get the greatest of all time and you bring in someone who is as set in their career as Tom Brady, you do things that allows him to be great, much like we saw the Denver Broncos do when they were able to acquire Peyton Manning. And so there is going to have to be some changes made. There's going to be some things that have to be different for Bruce Arians. But the other piece is this. When Tom Brady signed to this team, we thought about all the things that they were before he got there and said, you plug Tom Brady in, you allow him to be Tom Brady. And this is a championship contender. We aren't seeing that. We aren't seeing a continued ascension by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so for me, right now, they're playing This is the most pivotal point of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this is the most important coaching stretch of Bruce Arians' career. If this team doesn't play better, if they don't seem more cohesive, if they don't win in all three phases, and if this offense isn't firing on all cylinders, I believe this pressure will ramp up until the playoffs, and the early exit could be really, really detrimental to who Bruce Arians is as a coach, but I think it's sets off fireworks in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organizations. Me too. And then final, RC, we, I, I said this on the TV show this morning. I think the person under the most pressure is Carson Wentz. This is a very losable game. If you watch the Giants play, they play everybody tough. They play, they're not good, but they play hard. They could have beaten the Eagles the first time they played each other this week. And after all of the Brett Favre stuff this week, if Wentz loses this game, I think it will be deafening in Philadelphia. No, I 100% agree. And, and it's crazy that Someone like Brett Favre, who doesn't, you don't really hear much from, comes on and says something like he said. You know, yeah. that, that, that's a fire starter comment, especially when you know that he knows Doug Peterson. And so for me, Carson Wentz is under the most pressure in Lee, and it's not even a conversation. You know, you asking me to uh, convince you otherwise, and I couldn't. Uh, so when you look at him and, you know, having Jalen Hurts, having drafted a guy in the second round, but – almost feeling like and having the feeling around the building, did we make the wrong choice? Do we have the wrong guy? 
and also understanding that you could feel that way after we watched Nick Foles play in Chicago and we realized he kind of stinks. You know, and so and so going forward, Carson Wentz has to has to make plays, has to play better, has to do less, um, less from a mistake standpoint. And on the other side of that, they can lose this game, Green. I don't think the Giants just play teams tough. The Giants play the Eagles tough. Yeah. If Evan Ingram extends his arms and makes a catch, the the New York Giants win that game against mm-hmm. the Eagles, and we're having a different conversation exactly right. Ryan Clark, it was a terrific week as always. Thank you. Have a great weekend uh, and I will see you next Monday. Thank you. See you on Monday, my man. That's RC with me here on ESPN Radio uh, on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 40 wear test using SAE 5W30. As we are sitting, there's so much going on. I'm going to try in as organized a fashion as I can to catch you up on all of it. Um, and guys, I will hold off on, on the James Harden stuff until um, a little bit later in the hour because a bunch of stuff is happening. Um, again, we told you that Herman Edwards has tested positive for the coronavirus. I exchanged very brief texts with him. He sounds in good spirits. I didn't, I didn't pry uh, into his condition. All he told me was that he feels good. So I, I, I have every reason to believe that he is doing well, but their game for tomorrow has been canceled. That has happened since we came on the air. I'm also getting word now that Paul Horning has died um, at the age of 84. Paul Horning, one of the legendary names in pro football history. If you're old enough to know who Paul Horning is, he's one of the greatest players he was one of the great players of his era, and he was a star on the 60s Packers, the Lombardi Packers, which uh, by any uh, reasonable standard of measure is the greatest football team ever. The greatest, greatest era that any team has ever had were the Packers in the 60s. They won five championships. Uh, only two of them were Super Bowls because they didn't have Super Bowls, but they won three NFL championships, and then the first two Super Bowls, those were the Bart Starr Packers, uh, and Paul Horning has died at the age of 84. Again, a a dramatic life. Um, there were there were some scandals involving gambling and things along the way. But but an all time great player. So that is another um, story that has come across. And then I want to mention again uh, with the way I opened the show today, and that is with congratulations to Kim Ang, who becomes the new general manager of the Miami Marlins, and in so doing, becomes the first woman ever to be named the general manager of any of the teams in any of the four major North American sports leagues, the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, or Major League Baseball. She's someone who's been around the sport forever. Um, and and this is, there's, no, there's no question, this is the shattering of a glass ceiling or the breaking down of a wall or however, whatever other illustration of it you, you choose to use. It's an extraordinary day, and I think it'll be the first of many particularly in baseball, where um, analytics are so significant, there's nothing about gender that has anything to do with that. It used to be, as the old George Costanza line, they usually give that job to ex-ball players. Well, that isn't the case anymore. So I think there is no reason why there would not be far more women that will be able to to, uh, rise to that level coming on. But someone has to be the first, and she will forever be the first. So congratulations to Kim Ang, again, the uh, general manager now, of the Miami Marlins, and, and it is, it's a big day. There's no question about it. It is a really big and wonderful day. As we always say on days like this, we look forward to a time when that doesn't feel like a big deal. But today it feels like a very big deal. 
So congratulations to her. Congratulations to the Marlins. And we wish them well. So that is my um, effort to try and catch you up on all of the things that have been going on and what is a very busy day. And then, of course, for me, the one I'm the most excited about is the continuation of the Masters. Let me check my leaderboard for you here. And as it refreshes, it is, yes, still Dustin Johnson and Sung Im tied for the lead in the middle of the second round. Both of them are at eight under par. Um, and Justin Thomas has made a birdie, so he's gotten himself back to seven. He was at eight under, then he had a double bogey. Now he has birdied a hole, so he is at seven under, one shot off the lead. Tiger Woods will tee off his second round at 2.30 Eastern today. He will not finish his second round today, so you can expect him to play today and then tomorrow morning, and then we'll see what the weekend brings. So that is where we stand with regard to all of this. Coming up next, I want you to hear what Jay Williams said on Get Up This Morning about a possible destination for James Harden that would be unbelievable if it winds up happening. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny with you, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And a reminder that this program is a podcast every single day. Hashtag Greeny is the name of it, and you can uh, download it anywhere you get your podcasts. As I was listening to Christine Lisi's Sports Center there, this popped up as well. Adam Schefter just posted on Twitter that the Panthers have officially ruled out Christian McCaffrey for Sunday against Tampa. Team hopes he can return next week. That obviously has um, implications for the game and major implications, I would assume, for fantasy um, and daily fantasy, as I play every weekend with the DraftKings. So no Christian McCaffrey this weekend, says Shefty, for Carolina against Tampa. All right, we have been pretty much wall-to-wall football uh, in addition to catching you up on the golf all day here. Uh, but I did want to get this in because this is this truncated NBA offseason is an interesting one. 
and we're going to have the draft next week, and then we're going to have the season start in like six weeks. And in between there, there's going to be some movement. And if you've been following the news at all, you are aware that that movement is very likely to include James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And Jay Williams was on my TV show yesterday and told me he expects Harden and Westbrook both to be out of Houston. He was speculating about Westbrook to the Knicks and about Harden to the Sixers. And all the conversation was about, well, what would James Harden and Joel Embiid be together in Philly? So I had Jay Williams back on set again this morning on Get Up, and he presented an entirely other possibility that I will tell you stopped me in my tracks this was Jay Will this morning on another possible destination for James Harden. Now, what I did also hear yesterday through there's so many rumors and speculation around this, but I wouldn't discount the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. The Brooklyn Nets have Spencer Dinwiddie. He's been sending subliminal messages about not wanting to be in Brooklyn. He's been out in L.A. for the last couple of months. Uh, they have Karis Avert. They have a lot of assets. Uh, they want to try to get Joe Harris back, but they have a lot of moving parts. I, and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving together in the same team, that could be an interesting play as well. Oh, yes, it could. Interesting would be an under choice. What's the word I'm looking for? That would be an understatement. It would be not as strong an adjective uh, as I would have used in that circumstance. And if you know Jay Will, you know that he is not only very plugged in in general, but in particular, very plugged into the Nets. So if he's hearing that, I'm paying attention. And if you just try and consider what that team would be in Brooklyn, I don't know what they'd have to give up for James Harden, but let's just say you've got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on one team, and you put Jay Will and I as the rest of the starting out the starting five, you've got yourself a really good team, and you've got a clear-cut favorite in the Eastern Conference. It's not even close. And Miami made the final last year. The Sixers are good. The Celtics are really good. Toronto is good. But you put James Harden on the Nets and, and they keep KD, then you're talking about a team that absolutely will be the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. And that would be really something if that's what winds up happening. And I don't know where it's going to all lead, but I would imagine it's all going to happen soon. Now, the draft is next week. So if part of what is going to happen, if this is going to be a trade, is going to be a trade for draft picks, we could be talking about a deal that gets made in the next couple of days. So all that bears watching. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do think if you just read the tea leaves, and this is just pure speculation, but if you just read the tea leaves of what all the people with their ears to the ground are saying, I think at this point it would be an upset if either Westbrook or Harden are on the Rockets when the season starts. So where they wind up, I think, is still in the, purely in the speculation stage. But if he winds up in Brooklyn, you put Harden on the Nets with KD. And remember, as in case you need this reminder, those two played together early in their careers. They were the stars. They were there in OKC and have took that team all the way to the finals with Russell. It was, it was KD and, and Russ, obviously, were the frontline stars, and Harden was the sixth man of the year, and that team went all the way to the finals and lost to LeBron in the heat. But So they know each other. They have a history, KD and, and, and James Harden, and that would be a fascinating one. So let's keep a very close eye on that, and of course, if there's any movement on that, I will let you know immediately. Greeny reminding you that we all accidentally damage our phones, right? That happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month, you get unlimited talk, text, data, and more. 
See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. All right, Bill Belichick today. I want to play this for you. Um, I saw it all over Twitter right as we were wrapping up the TV show. I've read the quotes. I've not yet heard them. But Belichick got into a discussion with a reporter, Tom Curran, I believe, at his press conference today, Patriots getting set to play uh, the Ravens. And the line of questioning, essentially, I'm paraphrasing now, was about why they've... Oh, the question is on it? Okay, Baba, thank you. So let's just play it. You'll hear the question and you will hear the response. This was Bill Belichick today. I know how much you put into the draft, and I know how much every team puts into the draft. And I guess there's a disconnect between whether it's injuries, development, competition. So not asking a question on it and continuing to write or spitball about it doesn't do us any good if we don't ask the guy who is in charge of it. Yeah. Well, Tom, I'd say the most important thing to me is winning games. And um, I'm not going to apologize for our record over the last 20 years. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot worse. So ultimately, we try to put the best team on the field that we can to be competitive. And I don't really see that changing. So whoever those players are or aren't, that's that's the responsibility I feel to the team is the competition plays itself out and the better players play, whoever they are. So th- that was a follow-up. That, that was terrific, and, and, and that was exactly as I sort of envisioned it when I read the quotes. The original question, so that was a bit of a give and take. So Curran asked him a question about why we've seen so basically so little production from so many of the draft picks. Again, Belichick hasn't drafted a player who made the Pro Bowl since Jamie Collins, I want to say, in 2012 or 13. It's been a very long time. So that was the line of questioning, and you heard Belichick got a little bit defensive. And I get it because Bill Belichick, I think, believes and rightly so that he is above reproach when it comes to questioning him and his record speaks for itself in the same way that Brady's does. And I think that's fair. I have said it before and I will say it again. And I I don't think this changes no matter what. Bill Belichick, in my opinion, is the greatest coach in the history of American team sports. That's my opinion. It's it's obviously not something you can defend. There are many who have won more titles in other sports. But I believe he's the greatest coach ever. That's that's my opinion. That said, his record of player acquisition and development, I think, is um, open for criticism. There's no question that that cupboard is somewhat bare. And the explanation that he offered in the last week or so in which he said, look, we went all in to try and win it in those years and we made it to three straight Super Bowls and won two of them, sort of suggesting that that's one of the reasons they don't have a lot of good players now. That's true. I'm sure that is true. But it is worth again saying that Tom Brady always took less money, so they're not hamstrung in the way a lot of other teams with superstar quarterbacks are. And there have been some misses. I mean, the reality is that Nikhil Harry was drafted in the first round the same year that D.K. Metcalf was in the draft. Now, everybody missed on Metcalf. Metcalf went 60-something. But he would look awful good in New England uniform right now, wouldn't he? And that's not the only one. It's just one of the most glaring. So there have been some misses along the way. No doubt about it. And I think that's fair. I think it is fully fair to point that out and, and, and discuss it and discuss whether the player acquisition has been one of the reasons that Tom Brady didn't want to be there anymore and one of the reasons that they haven't had a good year and and are unlikely to make the playoffs and may very well wind up under 500. Now, he could turn this thing around, and I wouldn't put it past him. 
And I have told you, I do not think he is anywhere near retiring. You'll hear people wonder aloud whether Belichick is going to be done there. I don't think that at all. I told you yesterday on this show, and I stand by it, I'll be stunned if he doesn't coach five more years. I'll be stunned if during that time he doesn't resurrect that team and have them certainly in the playoffs. Will they win another championship without Tom Brady? A lot of that is going to depend on who the quarterback winds up being. So again, I think that that Belichick's legacy as a coach is beyond debate. It's beyond reproach. It's beyond dispute. It's beyond criticism. As an acquirer of talent, as, as a general manager, which he sort of is the de facto one there, I think it is reasonable to ask the questions that were being asked. It's my opinion. As we continue in a moment, you want winners this Sunday? I've got them. Hashtag KOD. They're next. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Grainy with you on ESPN Radio, wrapping up what has been a really good week for us here. And I will give you a quick update on where we stand at the Masters right now. The lead is shared by two players who are wrapping up their second rounds for the day. Abraham Anser and Dustin Johnson are both at 8-under. Anser has played 15 holes today. Johnson has played 12. Both of them started on the back, so they're both finishing on the front nine, but they're finishing their 18 for the day. Justin Thomas is one shot back. So is Hayden Fratelli and Patrick Cantlay is at seven under. And then Casey is still sitting there seven under and has not yet teed off for today. He shot that 65 yesterday. Tiger Woods will be on the golf course in about 45 minutes. They will not finish. Um, they will not finish round two today. They, they will, they will get canceled by darkness at some point. Late this afternoon, yesterday it was about 5.40, I want to say, 5.45. And, uh, and so they will finish round two tomorrow morning. Then my understanding is they'll go off as threesomes tomorrow to make sure they get moving day in on Saturday. And then we have the early start on Sunday. Should be a great weekend of golf action at Augusta. So as we look forward to all of that, Bubba, let's do who you got to finish up with some picks. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got uh, for this edition of Who You Got? Bubba's just going to give me some options on quarterbacks this weekend, and I will tell you, hashtag KOD, who I expect to play big and which team I expect to win. Hello, hashtag Bubba. Hello. Who we got first? We'll start with the Chargers and Dolphins. We got Herbert. We got Tua. Who do you have? Who you got? I got Justin Herbert. I'm telling you right now. The Dolphins, I'm sure, are favored. I should have the lines in front of me, and I don't. I would guess the Dolphins are favored. If you look at the Chargers season, every game they've lost, they're the best 2-6 and six team ever, which is a terrible thing to be. But every game they've lost has been by a single possession, 
They've given up leads. Justin Herbert has been terrific. And you heard Ryan Clark say earlier on this program, earlier in this hour, that if he were starting a team right now, he would take Herbert ahead of Joe Burrow, who's been a revelation in Cincinnati. So I've got Herbert and I've got the Chargers on a hunch winning that game by one. Who you got? Bubba, what's next? And it is a Miami minus one and a half. Only as one of and right a half now. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, they see it the same way. I, I've got the Chargers to win a very close game. What's next? All right, we got Bills, we got Cardinals, and that's Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. So who you got? Yeah, that's a gra- another great quarterback matchup. Look, the league is just, it, it is filled with great, exciting young quarterbacks, and these obviously are two of them. Allen is 24, Murray I think is 22 or 23, um, and, and has just been a revelation. And I like the Cardinals in this game, and I like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is well on his way to becoming the first player ever in NFL history with 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in the same season. And I just I buy into him 100%. I am all in. And I'll be the first to tell you when I'm wrong, and I was dead wrong on him. I took one look at him in an Oklahoma uniform, and I said, that guy's not an NFL player. He should go play for the Oakland A's because he's just so damn small. But the reality is he does everything. He runs. He is a, a half a step below Lamar Jackson as a runner. He is a dynamic thrower of the football, an outstanding thrower of the football, and he has a remarkable knack for not taking big hits. Russell Wilson is the same way. That's who he reminds you of. He reminds you of Russell Wilson. He's even more dynamic as a runner, but he reminds you of Russell Wilson. And again, the baseball background, it helps. Those guys know how to slide. They know how to not take hits. So I will take Murray over Allen, and I will take the Cardinals to win a high-scoring game. Greeny and hashtag Bubba with who you got. What's the next game? We got Ravens at Pats in New England. We got old versus young. Lamar, Cam, who you got? Yeah, that's the Sunday night game. That's a huge game. I've already told you, I believe it comes to an end for Cam and the Patriots here, both short-term and long. I think their season basically comes to an end as they lose to, uh, to Baltimore, which is a much better team. And at this stage, Lamar Jackson is a much better quarterback. And I would add to it that I think that might be the end for Cam Newton. I think at some point, Bill will want to see what he has in Jared Stidham when this season gets hopefully away, uh, or hopelessly away, excuse me. And I don't think, barring something turning around like crazy in the second half, that any team brings in Cam Newton, expecting him to be their starting quarterback. So I will go Lamar in that one, and I will go the Ravens in that game. Hashtag Bubba, thank you. With who you got here as we look at just a few of the games, we got a little late, but it was worth getting all those in, or as as much as the other stuff as we did. Again, my best wishes to Herman Edwards, who was uh, diagnosed today, tested positive. Uh, Again, I I got a very brief text from him. He sounds in good spirits, and he he sounds good. Um, but he's one of the best people you'll ever know in your life. And when a 66-year-old man tests positive, there's certainly some cause for concern. So he's the healthiest 66-year-old in the world. Frankly, he'd be the healthiest 26-year-old you'd ever meet. But my best wishes to him and his family and to all of you. Thank you so much for spending this week with me. Enjoy the golf, and I'll see you Monday. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.